Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. In fact, episode number 108. It is Tuesday, March the 7th, 2023. Myself, Rob Howden, will be joined by David Cole, who is trackside for the uh, second stop on the 2023 Challenge of the Americas, the event taking place this past weekend at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association facility up there in Glendale, Arizona. Of course, we'll take a deep dive into everything that happened trackside. We'll work our way through all the uh, classes and give you the update on how things played out throughout the weekend. Uh, awesome. This this event, I mean, this uh, this podcast, of course, for traveling to work, traveling home from work, whatever it may be. Great way to get up to speed on everything that happened in Phoenix this past weekend. This week's show is presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. All right, David Cole, I'm running quarterback here today, but you're going to be doing all the heavy lifting. As we know, you were trackside out in Phoenix. Uh, I was a little jealous, although I was having a great time at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg with the USF Pro Championships. Always like getting out to Phoenix. Always like being part of the Challenge of the Americas crew. Fill us in. Let uh, Give us some scoop on how things went out at, out at Phoenix this past weekend. Yeah, the third and fourth round of the six-round championship was at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, Glendale, Arizona. Again, one of the staples we've had here in the sport of karting for really three, four decades almost. Yeah. <laughs> it gets getting up. It's it's aging. <laughs> it, is. it is. Thankfully, with the dirt, you can't tell by the aging, right? <laughs> no, true. Yeah, it looks exactly the same as the first time it's, I went there. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so the 16th season of the Challenge uh, Championship continues, which began back in 2008. Uh, moving over to the Rock Cup USA platform in 2018. So, um, yeah, into that six year with that program. And again, the weekend on the, or the weather on the weekend was near perfect, uh, chilly in the morning. So a little crisp, uh, not, not something you're used to, to feeling in, in Phoenix. I mean, something we've, we've had before in Tucson, of course. And just for some reason that, that weather system was just still making its way out of the, uh, the Southwestern area. Because they said I was watching the news Monday morning, and they said it's going to start to heat up there uh, in the Phoenix region. So uh, it was well, really a, the, the, it was snowing in California. So the well, that's what I'm saying. That yeah, that weather system finally was <laughs> right? is still slowly getting out of that that area that yeah. affected Southern California, but also Phoenix. Because again, as I said in, in my one minute flat on Friday, this was the first time I had ever seen snow on the mountains around the wow. racetrack. Okay, it, it, you know so. Of course, we all know Flagstaff gets snow. The northern yep. part of of Arizona gets snow, but you could you could see uh, the mountains in the distance with snow on 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 the on its peaks. So wow. that was something unique. Something again, we've been there with 120 degree weather, and now, <laughs> yes, exactly, and, and now seeing snow at the top of the peaks again. We've seen it in California, but not. And and it was great. Sean Buer lives right near Fontana, California. So you, if you recall, and some of the past challenge events we've seen. You know, good heavy amount of snow in the mountains back there on the north side of of Fontana, California. Yeah, those things were covered in snow. I saw some great footage from Sean as he was able to capture some of that during their their snowfall the the previous weekend. Uh, just uh, um, very picturesque, and I wish it would stayed like that all the time. But as we know, it's going to warm up real quick in in Southern California Dave, and Arizona. How cold? How how chilly was it? What 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 was it down like when you guys got trackside? How cold was it in the morning? I would, you know, upper 40. So again, okay. it's, you know, not freezing weather, but just, just, just a chill, you know, something, you know, pants were a good thing to wear Friday morning. You know, I was going to say, I was just, just going to ask, did you, did you still wear your shorts or did you? No, have no, no, no. It, because again, it, it, I mean, it's in the forties and I, and you, we weren't sure, you know, they said sixties, you know, but you're not quite sure. Is it, is it windy? You know what the, yeah. what the situation was. So it was, yeah, yeah. it was certainly comfortable once, once the sun rose and, and, and that uh, early morning chill went away. Uh, as we do in, in all of our debriefs, we wrap up the first segment of the show, hitting the by the numbers. Uh, Tucson, the opener, 120 entries in total. What we end up with around 117, I think, for this event? Yeah, 117 for, for this weekend. So just three short of what we had in Tucson. 
Um, we had a number of new faces uh, and on the grid, but some some that did not return as well from Tucson. So it was a, a mix uh, of both to nearly equal out uh, the pluses and minuses over the weekend. Really, the only minus was in the Rock Shifter Master category, uh, dropping down from 12 to 7. So it was tough to see that um, lose some numbers. Um, we saw some new faces or familiar faces in that class, but uh, dropping below double digits. So that was that was tough to see. Um, junior 100cc stayed the same at 32, and we got one more in senior 100cc. So we got up to 38, so not quite 40, but uh, up to uh, the highest total so far of, on the year of that's 38. Awesome. We, saw, we saw an increase in mini rock to 11, uh, one more in the OKN category, that new FIA recognized category. So uh, double digits there for the weekend. And then a rock shifter dropped two down to 11. So there you go. Again, the yes, the uh, second event, the uh, third and fourth rounds of this year's Challenge of the Americas, logging in 117 entries on the weekend. Big numbers in, 100, in uh, the 100cc categories, as we said, and that up to 38 closing in on on what Andy Saisman had told us when we were in in, in Tucson was the I think the high water mark was like 40 drivers at one point back in the Rotax days. So the 100cc class strong on the challenge in both junior and senior with a total of 70 drivers among those two categories. You had the eight in for Masters 100cc as well, and, and that really definitely kind of stabilizing the category right now. The shifters, which were a big part of this program, David, at one point uh, kind of falling away a little bit, which is a shame because, you know, that rock shifter category has always been super strong. Uh, since they moved to that rock program. It certainly was. That was where we were seeing a lot of growth. You know, I recall just before COVID that California, the Fontana weekend, I mean, we had, I think almost 30 shifters in, in the senior category, if yeah. not more. So um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what, you know, again, it's the ebbs and flows of our sport. You know, you think you found them the magic potion to, uh, to be able to, you know, have big fields across the board, Yep. And and then something happens. And again, there's a lot of different factors into why this could be. And there's nothing you can really put your your thumb on and be like, all right, this is why we're we're losing numbers here. And unfortunately, it's just it's it's the ebbs and flows of karting and and the <laughs> promoters worst nightmare. <laughs> Ride the wave. I get it. hundred yeah. percent. All right, folks, we're going to uh, jump into our first break here. When we get back, we'll hit the paddock pass and David will give us some of the information that he was able to grab from the event while he worked his way around through the pit area. Stay tuned. More to come on this edition of the debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of Carding's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Carding Group is a full service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one on one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need. Let Trinity Carding Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Carding Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business Stockholm Karting Center in October of two thousand nineteen. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past twenty five years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, 
but were large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Welcome back to episode number 108 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast. That's all part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage. We'll jump now into the paddock pass. David's going to give us some information that he uh, was able to pick up as he worked his way through the paddock throughout the weekend. This edition of the paddock pass brought to you by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products, Based outside Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the CRG KT5 for tag and shifter racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, uh, Phoenix, one of those uh, great uh, tracks that you kind of can just work your way around. It's always a fun weekend where you're uh, grabbing a cocktail and walking through the paddock after the racing, getting a chance to talk to all the teams that are going on. Obviously, one of the big topics throughout the entire start of the season was, of course, the OKN category, the launch of that program back in Tucson, second weekend for that category. What was the buzz in the paddock regarding OKN and potentially its growth throughout the West Coast to start the season? Really, I think the buzz was just having another month of ha- of looking and and, re- and figuring out the OKN package, you know, or yeah. improving upon what they learned last month in, in Tucson. That's really kind of was, was the main focus of that. Um, you know, we, we were hoping to see another engine mate come in. Uh, unfortunately we did not, uh, the Medina came back out again for, for Friday practice. Uh, unfortunately went back on the shelf for, uh, the TM selection for, uh, Dustin Salivaria. Uh, so he tried the Medina just, you know, again, just trying to understand the way it, the, the engine works. He felt, um, it just the way the, the track was laying rubber down. Uh, it just didn't quite, you know, things just didn't match up compared to everybody else on the TM. Yeah. So um, in a way, you know, it, no different than what we see. Everybody likes to be on the same engine platform. Uh, but again, people are still working it out and trying to figure out, you know, the the inner workings of the engine and, and things to to be able to make it go a little bit quicker. Obviously, carburation is a major situation. Not a lot of people are used to to working on on the carburetors and, and tuning them and uh, and seeing what limits they can go to. So and, and energy builders as well are they're going to be doing their due diligence over the summertime and and learning more about this. But again, it's just as, as we talked about in our face to face with uh, Jesus Vasquez, you know, it's still a work in progress, just understanding what works, what doesn't, uh, you know, testing certain situations and certain elements with it. And and that was it. And one of the cool things, though, was uh, the debut for the new motor mount by Odenthal Racing Products um, oh, wow, okay. for the OKN en- engine platform. It's, again, a different bolt pattern than all the other motor mounts and all the other engines that we have. So um, TM was the only one that they actually produced their own uh, engine mount for their engine, uh, the OKN engine. So Odenthal went right to work, and uh, so some of the first prototypes were out there with uh, the Karting Collective and the Sodi Karts out there uh, on the weekend. I'm not sure who, if anybody else had them or not, so at least those two guys uh, did have the Odenthal uh, Racing Products OKN mount. 
Uh, let's talk about tires a bit. Obviously, it was a, a part of the kind of storyline a little bit at the Florida Winter Tour event uh, in, in what, about a month, what, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was. Uh, was there any kind of chatter about tires out there at the at the challenge? Yeah, I mean that's that's that was the uh, the kind of the major focus throughout the oh, weekend. Okay. Um, not so much uh, in the single speed categories, but really it was pretty obvious um, in the shifter divisions. Basically, you know, talking with Andy Saisman with Challenge Americas, you know, there's there's a some there's something there's something going on with with a certain period of the batches of the batches that were produced that uh, are just not uh, producing. Uh, how can I, I guess how we up up to performance standards? Uh, it's tires. Um, so nothing that they're, you know they're not delaminating, they're not you know cracking up or not uh, splitting. It's the performance on track is certainly uh, noticeable. And you, and what category do you see tires uh, stand out more so than ever in the shifter class? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy Saisman prior to the race weekend, obviously knew all this stuff was going on, uh, at the Florida winter tour, him and, uh, Eric Thompson just went through the entire, uh, shipment that they had or the entire uh, inventory they had separated them all based on batch numbers, tried to pair them up. So that way this category was on these batches and this category oh, were on these right. batches. Good, so, good I mean, they put in a lot of hard work, uh, you know, over the you know, the first couple of days that they were there in Phoenix, making sure uh, everything was done right as as best as they can. Because, again, there's still not really a definitive answer as to what's going on with the tires. Um, you know, they're working with LeConte, the actual manufacturer of the tires. So there's about a lot of, of a lot of discussion between the factory and Rock Cup USA as well, too. Uh, Mike Burrell of Rock Cup USA was actually on hand. Uh, came out there to kind of oversee what was going on with with their tire situation and and kind of compare notes and work with the factory as well too. So they're hoping to get more answers. Um, you know, now going into this week, uh, having giving the factory all the numbers and all the images that they needed to see. So um, you know, again, Andy Say's been doing the best he can with what he has because it's an unknown. They don't know exactly what batches are 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 suffering this performance degradation. Um, in terms of coming straight out of the box. And and so he had to do what he had to do. And even in the shifter category, uh, prior to the main event on Saturday, gave all the new all the competitors new rear tires. There was something that was not matching up wow. with the batch, with with the batch that they selected for them. So they they switched batch numbers and and gave everybody new rear tires. But again, when you're changing tires like that throughout the, the day even, you know, practice day or even during race day, setups are going to be completely different. You know, you got to learn from that. And if you don't have a session on, on the exact tire, uh, conditions that you have, it's tough to, to get a good setup. So it, yeah. it's a hard place to be in for, for promoter. Um, and, and obviously the tire manufacturer. So again, Andy Saisman is doing the best he can with the situation that he has. You mentioned that uh, Rock Cup USA's Mike Burrell was there to get a chance to sit down to talk to Mike a little bit about potential uh, ideas for this year. Are there are there other events coming? Are there rock festivals coming? What, what what's Mike talking about with uh, what we'll see in twenty twenty three here for Rock Cup USA? Yeah, not too much chatter with him uh, as he was there. You know, kind of saying hi to everyone and then uh, you know working on the tire situation and was gone. Uh, you know, about midday Saturday. So oh, okay. Um, you know, again, just just kind of getting getting the information there. So didn't really talk to him too much about you know the 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 plans moving down the line. Obviously, they're focused really on the the Florida Winter Tour finale coming up in in Orlando. So making sure this tire situation is in the in the right direction and how they can improve upon and make sure that uh, there are no outstanding issues uh, similar to what we I guess they had in Florida Winter Tour or pot you know a little bit here at the challenge as well all right folks that wraps things up for this edition of the paddock pass we'll go to another break we come back it's time to dive into the race report david uh, when we get back from this broadcast or back from this commercial we'll come back we'll talk about the shifter categories both rock shifter senior and rock shifter master It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport 
led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans tag single speed chassis for junior and senior classes, and the 28mm mini kart for the cadet classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world. And it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 108 of the EKN Debrief as David Cole giving us essentially his race report uh, from the Challenge of the Americas event, rounds number three and four that, that took place in Phoenix this past weekend. Uh, this race report brought to you by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK USA is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpre, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about the specific product line or to find an OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpre, Red Speed, EOS, Gallard, or LN Kart, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, folks, as we do uh, with these uh, debriefs, we'll jump in. I'll give the headline, and David can fill things in. We'll start with Rock Shifter, which is presented by Sweet Tech on the Challenge of the Americas program. Here's the headline. Gulick doubles up to take over championship lead. Yeah, it was a near-perfect weekend for Jacob Gulick at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, a place he got his first victory, challenge victory, last year. Uh, Gulick was able to sweep the, the opening day uh, in Phoenix, going from qualifying, leading in every lap in the pre-final, and leading every lap in the main event to a four-second advantage in that main event. Again, we talked about it just in the last segment. Uh, the field was given new rear tires. Uh, Gulick was really actually a full second quicker than everybody in the pre-final. So uh, that was one of the deciding factors into um, reviewing, you know, the tires and, yeah. and the tire situation itself. Uh, and, and the lap times uh, were, were much more close, were much closer uh, in the main event. You know, Gulick was only a tenth quicker than uh, second place runner Keon Tandon. And then Ethan Boer was right there uh, in terms of pace as well, finishing in the third spot. Uh, Macy Williams about three tenths off in the fourth spot and then Henry Barton uh, rounding out the top five and he was about half a second off Gulick's pace. So 
Um, so it seemed to match up a little bit better in the main event. So early on, we had a good nose to tail battle with the front four, essentially. And then they all kind of spaced out as the race went on. So uh, a, a good day uh, all in all for Gulick as he was able to pick up his second victory on the season. Nicely done. Uh, and again, good to see Keon Tandon out there to run uh, the battle out as well. GFC pretty strong all weekend long, David. Yeah, it was. And Gulick came right back on Sunday to set fast time in the qualifying session. But it was Keon Tandon that was uh, a little bit quicker in the pre in the pre-final, able to get around uh, the 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 two-time winner already. It was, uh, it, you know, Gulick with a whole shot, but Tandon came right back after him a couple laps later and was able to get in front. Uh, Gulick tried to find a way around, but wasn't quite able to. It didn't really want to force the issue and held on to that second spot as Tandon took the victory. Main event, Tandon was again getting the whole shot and Gulick sitting right there in the second spot, really putting on the pressure early on. But it wasn't until lap 13 that Gulick was able to make the pass for the lead. It was in that double left-hand section, Rob. You know that section really well. It was in that second turn, that second apex, kind of, Kind of caught Tandon a little bit off guard, I think, because it's not exactly an easy play, place to pass. And I happened to be right there taking the photo. And you can tell Tandon went to turn in and boom, Gulick was right there and was like, whoa, whoa I can't turn in yet. So uh, I love that part of the racetrack. If you, if you can, if you're getting through there cleanly, you can get somebody in that next apex. Man, I love that part of the track. Yeah, so it was a, it was a good move because it kind of gave uh, Gulick a little bit of separation on the exit, so yeah, Tandon yeah. wasn't able to come back after they got through the S's into the hairpin corner, and then from there, Gulick led the rest of the way to a 1.5 second margin of victory ahead of Tandon with Boer wrapping up another one-two-three finish for GFC. Macy Williams in the third spot and uh, Henry Barton in the fifth position. So was so Macy you said third Macy with fourth both oh, days right yes so yes. so that so that you think about that so she's kind of she's obviously still in the championship fight having been the leader after Tucson but Gulick with such a good weekend winning you know, all those sessions he, he's got to be in a pretty good spot going to Sonoma uh, in April to cap this thing off yeah it really puts the pressure on her going into yeah. the Sonoma weekend kind of leaves a little bit of less pressure on him uh, going into Sonoma so yeah it'll be good to see how they both appro approach. Uh, the finale weekend. Let's have a look at the Rock Shifter Masters class now presented by Ron White Racing. Here's the headline. Vitolo stretches streak to three before Grossenbacher. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting weekend in this category. Again, a little less entries than what we expected to see, but uh, it was pretty, pretty interesting up front. Uh, you had uh, Jonathan Vitolo coming in with two victories in Tucson and uh, was looking to add to uh, to that streak. But it was Bud Grossenbacher who uh, was the stopper, uh, really uh, put put things uh, in 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 kind of he he was the driver to beat uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, came out to qualify, uh, set fast time in qualifying, was win able to win the pre-final ha handedly, and then in the main event was leading uh, until lap six when um, his uh, I believe it was right tire might have been a front tire can cannot remember which 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 end it was but he did he suffered a flat tire was a forced to uh, pull off off the racetrack and okay. hand the lead over to vitolo and that essentially was the winning move as vitolo went on to lead the remainder of the race and earn his third victory on the season ahead of nick george his uh, tucson rival with kevin woods in the third position pat beckley in fourth and then bill piles in the fifth spot so moving to Sunday, it uh, looks like to me, like based on what you've got, Grossenbacher was uh, kind of the guy to beat the entire time. I'm really interested in what happened to George. Fill me in on what happened to George as well, but give us kind of an outline of what happened on Sunday. Yeah, Grossenbacher, again, set the pace throughout the day, qualified quickest, uh, won the pre-final and got the whole shot in the main event. Got a little bit of challenge early on by Vitolo and Woods right there on his bumper uh, as they were the running one, two, three for much of the race. Uh, but Grossenbacher's pace was just a little bit better than the other two. So he was able to pull away to a 1.3 second advantage, 1.3 second advantage over Kevin Woods, who was able to get around Jonathan Vitolo, uh, as Vitolo had a little bit of a, a, a shifter linkage issue. So, uh, his pace kind of slowed off. He was missing some shifts and it just wasn't working correctly, but was able to nurse his machine, his GFC machine into the, uh, the third position. 
Um, and that was because there was no fight from Nick George. Uh, Nick George had an issue in the pre-final, started last. And again, there was only seven carts on the field and just made an ill-advised pass on Pat Beckley on the opening lap in the hairpin. The two made contact. George had a bent tie rod that ended his race. But sportsmanship-wise, Beckley had his stalled engine. Nick ran over, got him back into the seat and pushed him off so he could at least continue on with the the main event. So good sportsmanship there, nice. there after after a, a, a poor attempt for a pass, uh, knowing he had 20 laps to do it. No reason <laughs> right. to do it there on that opening lap. And Grossenbacher on a TB cart. I think I saw from the photos you were posting to uh, to social. Yeah, Grossenbacher on the TB cart with Race Lab uh, again. Uh, you know he was he's been hooked up with uh, Kevin Loster, and Kevin Loster was able to connect them with the Race Lab. And again, just a, a good run. Uh, just celebrated the birth of his first child. I saw uh, three, that <laughs> three weeks ago. So it was a great interview. So he got the, the his daughter got to go on the podium for the first time and and got to be uh, on the interview for the first time as well. Did you ask Gross? Is Grossenbacher thinking about coming to Sonoma for the finale? That was the question. He's going to look at it and see what can happen. Uh, okay. You know, right now everything's kind of up in the air. So we'll see what happens there because we know we should see a bump at, in Sonoma in this category. We know yes. a lot of the uh, the uh, regional racers in Northern California love the Rock Shifter Master category. So you got to expect to see like Jimmy Kidd and Patrick O'Neill and and others uh, that will be competing there when the challenge heads there in April. Like it. Uh, indeed, uh, Vitolo with, like you said, a third win on the season, plus a third there. He's looking really good to potentially win this championship. George uh, will have to fight back uh, when they uh, when they get to Sonoma for the finale. Uh, time for another break. We get back. To, uh, we'll get back into the race report again, presented by OTK USA. We'll talk OKN. We'll talk Mini Rock. That'll be the two categories we'll hit in the next segment. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full service karting operation is located at the state of the art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TB Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram, or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV kart and Villeneuve racing karts. Race Lab, race with us, win with us. 
Welcome back to the ECAN debrief of the second event on the 2023 Challenge of the Americas Tour. Uh, the Phoenix Kart Racing Association hosting the drivers rolling in. Uh, David Cole continuing to bring us the race report segment here of this edition of the debrief. This race report brought to you by OTK USA. Let's move to the OKN class, David, presented by P1 Engines. Here's the headline. Nash wins both to become all-time leader in OKN history. I like that. All-time leader. <laughs> it's, short, it's a short history, but he is the all-time True. leader now. <laughs> I like it. You got to have some fun with these titles, you know? I like it. We're not printing them, so we were just talking about them. Um, uh, yeah, so it was uh, – this was actually a really good uh, a really good battle all weekend long. Alex Keyes, you know, he, we had him on our face-to-face. Uh, he was, what, 15, 14 pounds over uh, in Tucson? actually lost 10 pounds, was able to be within three to four pounds on the weekend. Did he really? And, you know, I don't, maybe maybe he likes Phoenix a little better than Tucson as well, but was was one of the quickest drivers all weekend long. I was uh, following that. I was following, Dan, when you were making the post. Of course, I was in St. Petersburg, as I said. I'm, so I'm following the post, and I saw Alex and qualified on pole. I'm like, wow, all right. This is, we got a battle on our hand. That's cool. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Saturday was probably the better battle. Okay. Uh, as, as Keyes was able to, as you said, qualify on pole and, and able to hold off Blake Nash in the pre-final Nash tried to get by him in, on the last lap, just timed the passing a little bit wrong and, and missed out on picking up that pre-final win, uh, in the main event keys led for the first 13 circuits until Nash was able to finally find his way around. And then from there drive away to a 1.7 second victory. Uh, over Alex Keyes. So Nash was able to pick up his second victory on the season. Jesus Vasquez Jr. running both OKN and Senior 100cc was uh, third on the podium. Dustin Salaveria and Chris Martin on the Sodi carts rounded out the top five. Uh, this bodes well. I like Keyes stepping up, losing some weight to get where he needs to be. It bodes well for, for Sonoma, knowing that Keyes is, a, is pretty quick around that racetrack. Yeah, and it's battle of engine builders as well too. You got Ron White Racing power on keys, and you got okay. P one engines on on Nash, and and of course Vasquez as well too. So, uh, and then you got Ron White on Salaveria and Chris Martin as well. So it's a little bit of you know battle of like of of because it's the same engine battle of uh, engine builders. So it'll like be interesting it. to see how that goes. Uh, yeah, Sunday. However, though it was basically the Blake Nash show. Uh, setting fast time and qualifying, going on to win the pre-final, and then drove away to victory uh, in the main event. Unfortunately, there was only five carts running uh, throughout much of the main event. The opening lap, uh, Anthony Freeze was uh, second in the pre-final. So he had found found some extra pace, was able to be right there in qualifying, held on through the pre-final. Unfortunately, contact turned him sideways at turn 11. You know, that's the second corner at the start of the races as they go through turn 10 Daytona and then turn back to the, the tight left-hander turn 11. Unfortunately, as the field went through that corner, he got turned sideways, uh, collecting basically half the field oh. uh, in that event. And, and unfortunately none of them tried to restart. So uh, I guess that's another thing that some of these, these uh, okay. And drivers will have to, uh, to try and do over the next month, but it is a little battle uphill there. So it it's is. tougher to, to do that, but it was, you know, unfortunate. Nobody, nobody tried to restart. Everybody just pushed their carts off to the side and, and watched from, from the, uh, the infield. So as the race went on, uh, keys was there in the second spot behind Nash, uh, unfortunately was penalized for that contact at the start with Anthony freeze along with, I believe a pushback bumper penalty. So that dropped, uh, keys from the second position down into the fourth spot, moving Jesus Vasquez up into the second position and then Dustin Salaveria in third. And then Flavio Aquini was the only driver left uh, running on the racetrack and he was end up in the fifth spot. So three wins for Nash puts him in a good place to go uh, to battle for the championship when they get to Sonoma in April for the finale. No championship. No championship. Oh, that's right. There's no championship. No championship. Again, just racing for pride and and learning. And the unofficial championship. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe we'll find like a, a little trophy we can a hand little to somebody. Tro- <laughs> I'll, I'll, right. I'll make Shelby do the points just so we can do that. Just so we can see it. Yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. That's right. It is an exhibition class to a certain extent. Uh, all right, let's go. Mini Rock presented by Alex Keys Racing. Here's uh, the headline: Popescu wins first as Belog claims second on the season. 
this was a good category to watch all weekend long. Very similar to what we saw in Tucson, you know, a number of different drivers in the mix and you didn't know how it was going to finish. And that's pretty much how it was both days uh, in, in the mini rock category. Uh, qualifying a little bit of an issue. Uh, Braden Wagner was the provisional top qualifier. Unfortunately, he, along with a couple other drivers came in a little bit too wide, uh, on the rear width. So they were disqualified, uh, from the qualifying session that put local driver, Connor Lipka on the comp cart as the top qualifier. So, excuse me, made for a little bit of an interesting pre-final as some of the fast guys are trying to make their way up, up through the field that allowed Gabriel Belog to kind of grab the lead early on and drive away to the win in the pre-final. Uh, the main event, however, it was Matt Gutierrez, who we saw win in Tucson, jump out to a big lead early on. But uh, as the race went on, though, however, it was, I, I, I wanted to say it wrong, but I didn't. Popescu. Popescu. Yep. Popescu <laughs> and, and Wagner were able to uh, work together and run Gutierrez down. And so we had a three-driver fight for the main event. We had a lot of back and forth and back and forth. Eventually, it was Popescu that was able to secure the top spot through the final few corners. Braden Wagner tried the draft or tried the uh, the slingshot coming to the line, but came up 80, 80 hundredths of a second short as Popescu was able to secure his first series victory and become the third different winner to that point on the season. Uh, Gabriel Belog was uh, promoted to third after Matt Gutierrez, was, who finished third, was disqualified for a clutch issue. Uh, so that put Belog on to the podium in his JV cart. Uh, Lucas Tarango in the Nitro cart in fourth, and Paxton Romero in fifth on the comp cart. So, uh, indeed, the Popescu, uh, great, great job. That's, that, that was a third different winner, right, on the season, you said? That's what I, yep, correct, yeah. third so different what winner. So what happened on Sunday? Who stepped up on Sunday? Well, on Sunday, we thought we were going to have a fourth different winner. Provisionally, we did. Uh, Braden Wagner set came back and set fast time in qualifying, as he did on Saturday provisionally. This time held it through, uh, but was not able to get the win in the pre-final, as Gabriel Belog seems to be the pre-final master, uh, winning both pre-finals on the day. Uh, in the main event, uh, Popescu and Citizen Carbol. Uh, one of the local drivers, they were they were among those drivers in the lead pack until they made contact in turn 10 Daytona, essentially taking both those drivers out of the race. So it became basically a two driver fight up front. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Matt Gutierrez was unable to make the start. So he would have been in the fight, but uh, his engine stalled uh, during the uh, the pace lap. So he was unable to even compete. Uh, that left two drivers up front then with uh, with Gutierrez out and then those two out with contact between Braden Wagner and Gabriel Blog. It was a good little fight between these two guys. Uh, and then in the end, it was it was Wagner who was able to beat out Blog to the checkered flag. Unfortunately, a two position jump start penalty to Wagner took away the win. And that promoted Gabriel Belog up to the top spot of the podium for his second victory on the season. And that moved Paxton uh, Romero over into the second spot as Wagner was classified third. Wow. All right. Tarango and Cam Becker rounding out the top five. They're Tarango on the Nitro Kart, Cam Becker on the Race Factory machine. So, yeah. Wow. Number of different winners. Belog gets a couple. Like the championship uh, will be pretty interesting heading to Sonoma, Dave. Yeah, this will be one that could go down to the wire. You know, we always have one of the categories that, uh, you know, is, is every every single point matters. And this could be one of those, especially with having three different winners already. Okay, another break in the action. When we get back, we'll uh, wrap things up for the race report segment. We'll do senior, uh, junior, and masters, 100cc. Don't go anywhere. We'll wrap things up for the race report on this edition of the Debrief after this quick break. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipping car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame 
with the SS31, a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels in the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margate Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Welcome back to the ECAN Debrief as we wrap things up from the Challenge of the Americas event at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, which uh, took place this past weekend, March the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of 2023. Into the race report and capping things off here, this race report presented by OTK USA. We'll jump into Senior 100cc, which is presented by Forward Direction Motorsports. And here's the headline, Hodgson extends PKRA win streak to four. Yeah, it was near perfect weekend for him as well in the senior 100cc category. The only session he was not P1 was the Saturday morning qualifying session as championship leader Liam Lech was able to secure that spot. I think it was only eight thousandths of a second separating wow. them in qualifying. Let me double check that. So it was it was a really tight, tight session there, um, especially with 38 drivers. So they split the field up uh, into into different different groups it was a strange way they did it shelby wasn't exactly happy you you know you'll understand that <laughs> but uh it was josh campbell that was uh he came he was actually in the second session because he had missed friday all day friday he was at his basketball state championship uh and actually won the uh, the state championship oh, in nice. basketball so uh so he was one of those drivers from the slower group he actually qualified in seventh that is luckily at his home racetrack so he does know the facility very well uh, but he was in the hunt all weekend long uh, after earning that uh, basketball championship. But up front, it was it was the Oliver Hodgson show uh, leading every single lap in the prefinal and then going wire to wire in the main event for a near three second margin of victory. Uh, behind him was the battle for second. Jesus Vasquez Jr. was able to win that fight uh, over Josh Campbell. So again, a uh, state championship on Friday and a podium finish on Saturday. Nice. Uh, Cooper Eau Claire <clears throat> making his uh, senior debut, uh, finished in the fourth position at his home track. And then Liam Letch ended up in the fifth position. Like you said, Hodgson only uh, getting bested in one uh, session that was qualifying for Saturday. Based on the notes you got here, it's Hodgson, Hodgson, Hodgson all day on Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was the same thing except for earning the uh, the fast time in qualifying. Uh, this time it was a, uh, a six-second margin of victory uh, in the main event after leading wire to wire in both the pre-final and the main event. 
Um, the margin of victory, however, was because the battle for second was pretty hot and heated, uh, especially on the final circuit. It ended up being Parker DeLong, uh, I believe, going from uh, making a move on Josh Campbell uh, in the hairpin coming out of the straightaway. Jesus Vasquez Jr. tried to make the under move going through the kink. So they ran side by side all the way down the straightaway. And Parker DeLong held the outside line through Daytona and was able to be in the right position for the turn 11 hairpin. And then from there, hold off Vasquez for the runner up spot. Uh, Campbell ended up finishing in fourth. So nearly a uh, a triple medal weekend for him, (laughs) but he'll have to settle for fourth on Sunday. But uh, a good drive by Lydia Small. She ended up in the fifth position. So her best uh, result of the season thus far as uh, Liam Letch had to pull off with a broken rear bumper. And then Cooper Eau Claire had a broken exhaust a couple of laps later. So both of those drivers recording DNFs. Ouch. Uh, tough for Letch, of course, as we know who comes in as the point leader. Uh, a drop, though, right? One drop in the series, correct? Yeah, one drop and, you know, no chase hand, no G3 or Giro. Uh, so really right now, you know, looking at it, Campbell becomes the uh, next driver, uh, in the championship chase. So again, nothing, nothing detailed yet, but, uh, you know, that Lech will certainly have to, uh, to remember he's got already got one drop in and can't afford, can't afford to do another one. Let's go to junior hundred CC brought to you by Nash motorsports. The headline Eggleston defends home turf to extend win streak. Yeah. Really good performance on the weekend by Nick's Eggleston, the uh, ruthless carding driver. Uh, but there was a number of different drivers up front that included one of them included Max Altman. Max Altman was able to earn the quali- top qualifier uh, award in, in the time session and then went on to win the pre-final. Uh, and it, but it ended up being uh, Nick's, Nick's Eggleston that was the driver to beat in the main event. He took the lead early at the start and led the remainder of the 20 lap uh, main event to drive away to a uh, two tenths of a second victory uh, over Alex Alexander Gonzalez. Uh, Altman ended up finishing fourth on the racetrack. However, a disqualification for a physical altercation by his mechanic uh, removed Ooh. both the pre-final win, the qual- top qualifying honor, and of course the main event finish, uh, finishing fourth behind Keegan Kaminsky, uh, took that position away. Again, um, not something you want to see. It was not fist. It was a push. It was a physical attack on someone. Uh, series officials were right there to take care of it. And Andy Saisman, series promoter, uh, has removed that mechanic for a full season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Right. Yeah. A good call, but a stupid situation. Again, something you know, we can get into in another podcast or, or online or something else, but just yeah. people egging on other people. And unfortunately it got physical. And once it does, then, then the officials have to step in. So, yeah. Nice. Not not what you want to see, and hopefully we'll we'll be done with that. But uh, believe me, uh, <laughs> Andy Saisman and the rest of the officials will be watching for sure. So as you said, uh, Altman then DQ'd for that. That moves Peyton Westcott on the EOS up into the four spot. Ryan Janetta and the GFC rounding out the top five. Eggleston with the win, two-tenths of a second over Gonzalez, David, on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, just like we saw with Hodgson, Eggleston qualified pole, wins pre-final, and wins the final as well. Pretty much... Uh, an Eggleston show throughout the day. Yeah. Led wire to wire in both the pre-final and final had the challenge from Altman throughout the main event as the top two drivers were able to get away. But Altman, you know, got a bit of redemption showed that uh, he had the pace to be uh, competitive throughout the weekend, just not quite enough to be able to beat out Eggleston for the victory on Sunday. All right. What else we got for the top five there? Uh, Alexander Gonzalez, uh, finishing third. So his fourth straight podium finish, uh, on the season as he was able to escape with that third spot after some early fighting, uh, Spencer Smith on the comp cart. And then David Yabara uh, on the CRG had some good, good couple of drives for both of them as they were able to fight up into the fourth and fifth position. There you go. Masters hundred CC presented by ruthless carding. Here's the headline. Kunches ends streak at eight as Mann secures breakthrough victory. I thought it was going to be nothing but Kunches all year, but Chris Mann stepping up. Good for him. Well, Rob, as you saw, you know, Christopher Mann really put the pressure on Kunches throughout the, the weekend in Tucson. He did. He just yeah. didn't quite have the longevity uh, to keep the fight going. 
uh, you know, kind of like a, a 20 round fight. He had the good first 10 rounds, but just faded away through those final 10, 10 You're rounds. Right. Yeah. Very similar to what we saw on Saturday. You know, again, man was good early, got fast time and qualifying, was able to win the pre-final. You know, had Kunchez behind him through much of the main event, lap 10, however, Kunchez made the pass. And from there, was able to maintain that top spot and go on to win his eighth straight uh, in the Master 100cc category as Mann just fell a little bit short uh, once again with another runner-up finish. Daniel Jones had a good solid third-place finish aboard his CRG ahead of Luke Tracy on the VME cart, and Jeff Tompkins ended up finishing in fifth. So man qualifies pole pre-final win on Saturday, but comes back. looks like he uh, kind of dominated the action. Was that the way it was? You said you know, the notes have man qualifying on pole pre-final wins the main. Was it all Chris Mann or did, did Key and Kunches have a pretty good little battle? Well, you know, since we start on the long straightaway, we go through turn 10, turn 11, turn 12. Yeah. So technically he led, but didn't lead a full completed lap. So, uh, there was some exchange in that opening lap and a half that you call the opening circuit uh, right. as Kunchez went to the lead, but then right away, man responded. So reclaimed that top spot. So by the time they fit, completed that first official lap, man was leading the race and actually led all 20 laps. So again, as we talked about, man just quite couldn't have that longevity in terms of the fight, but this time his cart got better as, a, as the laps went on, you know, he ran his fastest laps, I think on lap 19. Wow. Uh, okay. I think it was lap, it was lap, lap 10 of the pre-final and then lap 19 uh, in the main event. And so he was able to pull away to a 1.5 second victory uh, over Ian Kunches. Wow. So it's not done yet for the championship. Kunches is going to have to no. still be good for the last couple of, a couple of races in Sonoma. I like it. Let's, let's keep the fight going. Yeah, as he said in the interview, man, he's 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 pumped. He's ready to go. He's ready. He knows now that he's got this win. You know, the monkey's off the back. Yeah, he can focus now on on trying to uh, to keep chipping away at at Kunche's point lead. And again, you never know what's going to happen when you get to Sonoma. So that's for sure. Hey, and let's think about man's qualifying on pole and then the pre-final on both days. Kunche's is going to like they're literally almost neck and neck coming in, right? It's it's what well, that- a one one win for man, three for Kunche's. But man was second in every other race, right? So well, that that's just it. Like man's <laughs> getting the 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 extra points by winning the prefinals, by yeah. getting fast time and qualifying. So uh, again, and getting fast lap in the race as well too. So there, it, it again as you as you gain all those points, it, it adds up. And as you said, I think you know again they're they're pretty much neck and neck going into Sonoma. Love it. All right, folks, final break in the action. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship, as we always do. And we'll have a look at the ECAN Trackside Live Race calendar for the month of March. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodicart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S., Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line, or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, 
new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the final segment here of this edition of the EKN Debrief, as David has given us a pretty good deep dive into the challenge of the America's event at PKRA in Phoenix, the third and fourth rounds of the series. David, let's wrap things up. Uh, what we said from the kind of get-go, numbers really pretty much the same right there at the high teens, 120 kind of mark. We hope to see, as you've mentioned, maybe a bit of a bump in the shifter categories when we head to Sonoma. Yeah, I, w- I would think we're going to get a Sonoma bump. That's, you know, that's the way I'm, I'm looking at it, looking ahead to the challenge. You know, they a lot of locals that race the Rock Sonoma program. Uh, so shifter categories, we, we should possibly see a bump there. Um, maybe OKN, there's rumors that uh, some Masters drivers may be entering. That are one very familiar to running direct drive. Um a lot older than both of us. Really? We're going to we're going to see Cleveland? I like it. There's a possibility <laughs> Billy Cleveland could be running the OKN category in Sonoma along with depending on his ribs because this is why he didn't race on the weekend. Uh Derek Wang was in attendance in Phoenix. Unfortunately, a rib injury took him out after okay. uh halfway through Friday, but he's also rumored to be possibly running the OKN engine as well. So I like it. That's awesome. That, that's good. So that's that. So that could help with the Sonoma bump, you know, as well as the hundred CC category, you know, we could see a lot of number of regional drivers showing up and, um, and maybe more masters in the masters 100 CC as well too. So again, across the board, there could be, we could get a Sonoma bump to where we get, uh, the, the top, the, the largest event on the season. I like that. That'll be solved overall the weekend. Uh, everybody pretty happy once it was all said and done. Um, how, how we go any red flags at all? I don't know if we didn't mention that up there. We have any no, reds. No, we go yeah, clean? no red flags. Yes. Uh, you know, a few incidents, not many, not many, yeah. but, uh, you know, obviously we had the OKN one, uh, a couple other, you know, contact situations. I think we had maybe one or two drivers get a hand checked out or, or something yeah. like that. So, uh, but yeah, no red flags, no major issues aside from, you know, the tire situation. But again, you know, as I said earlier in the paddock, it, it is, uh, you know, Andy Saisman's and, and Rock Up USA, they're trying, they're going to review everything. They're going to get information back from the factory. They're going to try and look at this. They've already kind of looked at, you know, the specific batches that they have in stock ready to go. So so they, they feel like they have a plan in place and, and hopefully it's going to work out smooth and then there'll be no, uh, no more issues, hopefully, uh, in the future in terms of that situation. Nice. Let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship, David. Seven brands, all total, sharing the fourteen victories. Yeah, some say it, we. I think we had seven as well in Tucson. So it's kind of been the good number. Kind of keeps going with that. Um, three wins for three different chassis brands uh, in in Phoenix. We had GFC pick up three. We had Compcart win three as well, and then Expri winning three victories. So uh, a pretty good widespread. Three different manufacturers, uh, three different brands as well, too. Uh, EOS was the next in line. They actually picked up two. Uh, and then we have TB Cart, Energy, and JV Cart, pick, uh, each picking up a victory as well. There you have it. All right, let's wrap things up with the EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar. Today's race calendar brought to you by Odenthal Racing Products. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of your power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products and unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Check out their Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines and their four-cycle easy set for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Head to odenthalracing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. All right, David, a couple of trackside events coming up March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Then, of course, at the end as well, uh, you'll be there at the USPKS Southern Grand Prix, the opening round of the United States Pro Kart Series, uh, March 10th, 11th, 12th. That's uh, that's this coming weekend, right? You're, you're back at it. 
I leave uh, roughly in 48 hours. 48 hours? Are you? <laughs> hey, though, let's let's be real. This is There's a lot of talk about the USPKS right now. Well, I love that you said the opening round because, in fact, it will be the opening round opening because round. they only have... They only have the one round on the weekend with only one main event. And I'm so excited. I can't believe it. They've, they're finally doing it. They're finally going with that format. Thank you. Thank one you. Winner. One winner. <laughs> one winner. Yeah. Again, same same amount of days on, on Friday. We get the qualifying session in on Friday night or evening. We get three rounds of heat races. So we'll finish up Saturday. We won't have to stick around for podiums. We'll be able to go to a nice dinner, enjoy everybody's company in the paddock, and not have to stress about getting the podiums done and, and out of the way before night falls. And then we can turn over and do our last chance qualifiers and main events on Sunday, Sunday during the day. So really excited to see that format uh, with the USPKS and also with you know, nearly 300 entries that they're going to have on the weekend. Uh, and again, also the debut of the pro shifter category at USPKS. Yeah, that's big. And if you know anybody who is in the industry right now, part of this action, you can send all their mail to the Orlando cart center for the next month because <laughs> everybody's essentially at OKC for the next three weeks this coming weekend. As we know, the if, USPKS event, it, if not, they were already there this past weekend. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Testing this past weekend. Uh, the rock cup Florida winter tour running the next weekend and the following weekend after that. Or we can half after that, yeah. So no, yeah, there's a actual, there's a gap. So there's next, a gap. So this weekend, USPKS. The following weekend, Florida uh, Winter Tour with Rock of USA, and then you have a break, a weekend break, and then there will be the March 31st through April 2nd weekend with the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals heading to Orlando. Yeah, that'll be myself and Nate Dean trackside for that one. I'll be uh, joining uh, Xander Clemens and the crew at Cart Chaser for the broadcast again at OKC once again. So, uh, the month of Florida, the facility Orlando Cart Center, three big events uh, to, to kind of cap off Q1 of the season. Uh, looking forward to getting the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals back at it again. The Pro Tour from there, of course, the Spring Nationals in Utah and then the Summer Nationals at Newcastle. But yeah, David, things things getting rolling, right? Wrapping up the Florida Winter Tour, we won't be there for that. But the launch of the 2023 USPKS and Scusa National Program. So a, a busy month of March for sure. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to, again, getting down to Orlando, getting USPKS off with its 11th season. And then I'll, I'll enjoy, uh, you know, flipping on the social media and seeing what you guys are doing there when you return at the end of the month. Exactly that. It's a good, I, got a, I just realized I got a busy month of April. I'm at Scusa. One, I got one weekend off and I'm on for four, four of the five. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, folks, that wraps things up for this edition of the EKN Debrief. Again, another great weekend of the Challenge of the Americas. Looking forward uh, to getting back out there with David in April for their final rounds at Sonoma. Uh, we'll cap things off for this year's challenge. And again, thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it. Uh, lots more coverage, lots more content, as we know, coming on the Ecan Radio Network throughout the 2023 season. So much racing. We're just getting things underway. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 